You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us in this very special episode today with Michael Shahan as we process your inner child work moving through your marriage issues. I know that you are going to be a bit surprised today to hear some of the reflections that we're coming up with for you in terms of just maybe uncharacteristic movements you're not used to pursuing or even feeling allowed to pursue around the Enneagram today. And I'm grateful to get to do this with Michael Shahan hand because you might remember him from previous episodes where he shared about his work and he has a very large Instagram therapy following as a marriage and family therapist. Michael has really involved himself in polyvagal work as well as just allowing us the space and the time, such a gift to process our Enneagram issues while we look at perhaps our psychological dysfunction. And even today, uh, we're getting just another lens to do some inner child work while we put on our Enneagram type work. So if that feels like a lot for you, I welcome you to just enjoy the ride and look for one or two things as we move around the whole Enneagram circle to find something that you really resonate with. You'll hear us doing our work as we process the episode. As you know, I really do do appreciate marriage therapists and also marriage uh, outreach groups who really allow themselves to be in process. I don't think anyone really ever arrives this side of heaven. So along with you guys, I'm figuring it out. We're doing our work together and just be encouraged to find one or two things from this episode to grab and to really just hold with us and hopefully bring forward little by little in your marriage or relationship. So, and I'll say relationships because this can help you with your extended family, with your kids, with your future kids, your legacy, you name it. Uh, Let's also make sure as we uh, talk with Michael that you're keeping in mind at the beginning of the episode, he's talking about his Costa Rica trip where he's going around the mind, the body, and the heart on the Enneagram with hiking. Oh my gosh. And also his polyvagal trauma courses. If you're just interested in knowing more about your fight or flight responses and that side of doing your work and how to self-soothe when you feel like you're in trauma or stress stress responses. So that's where we'll start, but we will land with the wonderful piece that we can learn from the awesome theory that I think is sort of underplayed, uh, and that is the soul child theory that we're talking about today. So as you know, we'll take it just theoretically, but find whatever practical tools we can find from it. And I am doing this episode because I believe there is something there for us. So I'm so excited for you, and I look forward to sharing this journey with you. Let's talk to Michael. Well, thank you, Michael. It is so good to catch up with you and to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage podcast. Thanks for returning. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to be back. I was happy when you reached out to ask. Yes, it's so cool that we get to talk today about uh, not just the ways that we shine together, which we always get to talk about with our clients as marriage helpers, uh, but what I love that you have brought to us on Instagram and you have created a wonderful avenue for us to learn more about the soul child. So today our audience gets Mm -hmm. blessed by you. Can you share a little bit about yourself? (laughs) Uh, yeah. So my name is Michael Shahan. I am a marriage and family therapist. I live uh, in Kansas City, um, Kansas City area. I live in the Kansas side, practice on the Missouri side. Um, but yeah, I've been practicing as a practicing marriage and family therapist for five years now, maybe um, something like that, maybe a little bit more. And I also use the Enneagram. So I use the Enneagram in my practice more than anything. Uh, I, te- I've, I, I teach about the Enneagram. I do um uh presentations to companies big and small um i developed I actually developed a course for the therapists or mental health professionals or helpers of any kind who want to learn how to use the enneagram in their practice it's like a six-week course mm-hmm. I, um yeah i love that i do that maybe two or three times every year it's one of my favorite, th- favorite things that i do um can i talk about the retreat really quick i love so, that yes is that okay yes okay. Um, so I'm for the first time ever, I'm putting on a retreat in Costa Rica this October, October 5th. I'm really, really excited about it. It is an Enneagram and retreat. Um, yeah, it's, it's, in a, it's, uh, we're learning about meditation and practicing meditation and learning about how to tune into the three centers of intelligence, right? The head, heart, and the body and how important it is to tune into those and how different numbers tend to be unbalanced in one direction. And so learning how to tune into each center and have access to that when you need it, because we need all three. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, a lot, I'm wanting people to walk away with an ability and, a, and a, having experienced really sinking into their own head, their heart and their body in a way that they never have and knowing how to utilize those as a resource moving forward. Um, I really think it was, will be extremely impactful for people who come, especially people who are... Um, who are really sort of like my main target audience. My my people, I feel like, are the people who are doing a lot of self-work and wanting to know do that and have a lot of awareness around things, yeah. but sometimes don't know how to do things differently. Even with that awareness, it can cause this frustration and wanting to give up. And yeah, um, yeah I feel like those are my people because I feel that all the time. <laughs> Yes. Um, and so yeah. I, I really want to, I, this whole meditation thing to know how to accept to self-awareness and self-compassion is what I want people to develop more than anything to this retreat. And so I think that's what it takes to mm. finally change our patterns. And so, yeah, that's kind of why I did this retreat. So it's coming up in October. Mm. Um, as of now, it's, it's a little close. There's like a, through the company I do this with, there's a, uh, uh, you have to pay in full if you pay, if you do it now, but uh, you can work with other companies like a firm um, to do payment plans if you need. So yeah, just reach out to me, email me, shoot me a message over Instagram if you have any, if anybody has any questions about it or would like to get some more information on it. Mm, that sounds so awesome. And I really love the idea of doing your work in a separate format where you get to learn and really feel it because I think all of us on Instagram are out there going, oh, I like this. I like this. And Hmm. you become better at intentional scrolling. I try to scroll on Fridays when I'm going to be scouring, but it's like, I think that what we're all looking at is even on those Fridays or whatever days you guys scroll, 
there's not this full intentionality like, okay, now I'm going to take that practice. We're still a bit scattered. And so I love yeah, yes, of, like exactly, pulling exactly. away and doing the From work. From everything and practicing it, learning how to do it, having your questions answered, having mm-hmm. hours of experience just mm-hmm. to really set. Because I did so many, when I teach meditation a lot to clients and the same questions pop up almost every single time. And so mm-hmm. I just, I'm excited to uh, be in a space where people address those and we get to talk through those. And and it's in Costa Rica in a oh, rainforest. Oh, and there will, it's like in these hot springs and there will be a hike to a volcano one day. I'm and it's just going to be re- the day that we're focusing on the body center. There's like a whole massage spa day for a few hours, oh, which I think is going to be perfect. Like let's tune into our bodies when it's really easy yes. <laughs> and feels great. And that'll help us practice. Gosh, that is so cool. You guys <laughs> are you. going to have so much fun. I'm really excited 100% about it. 100% FOMO. <laughs> it's okay. I'm owning the FOMO right now. <laughs> so really thankful and excited that you could yeah. share that in it's in the show notes. So you guys make sure to check it out. Michael Perfect. also has a course on the polyvagal system. I took the two-part mm-hmm. course that you and Kaylin yeah. uh, did, and cool. it's a really good course. So if you guys are also wanting to learn more about your fight or flight responses, can you tell us a little bit about that before we pop into our big topic today? Yeah. Um, I was, I don't know when you'll release this episode, but I'm actually, I have a, um, have a recorded uh, talk for at the inner an Enneagram, uh, what is it? International Enneagram Association this yeah. Thursday, this Friday. I don't remember when it starts, but yeah. on this topic, it's like an hour long mm-hmm. brief. But basically, polyvagal theory is a map of our nervous system, where we go in fight or flight and what causes us to go there and how we get out of fight or flight. And yeah. um, and a few, several years ago, a colleague and I sort of mapped out a map for each Enneagram number, their nervous system mm-hmm. um, when they're in fight or flight, mm-hmm. when they're in safe, safe and when they're in shutdown. And it's really cool. I think it's really, really helpful, practical tool for people to combine mm-hmm. really wanting to. Yeah, do do that work. And yes, also available on my website. It's several hours long is, is the course that I sell, but also this third, um, that'll be that one hour kind of primer mm-hmm. um, will be out there at the Enneagram uh, conference. Congratulations. That's awesome. I Thanks. love that you're in multiple you. spaces and people can meet with you here and these other places because you have a lot to teach. And that's why uh, <laughs> yeah, we're putting you. that in the show notes too, but also nice for us to pop into our conversation now about when spouses are in that place where they're kind of tapping out on, okay, I know my type. I know what's happening with me. Um, but there's this whole part of me that was perhaps lost as a child in essence Mm. that I don't have anymore that I can maybe pick up on. Um, some people aren't aware of that. Some are today. You're going to teach us about that. Mm. And I'm so glad. So can you tell us a little Hmm. bit about the soul child theory guys? Listen, I know this is a little far-fetched in some people's minds of soul child. Um, and I think Michael and I can laugh with you that we're, you know, trained <laughs> clinicians and there's a lot of merit to this theory. So yes. um, I just oh, want to make yes. sure people are like, this is maybe for you, uh, feels like it could be an advanced training, but it's actually for everybody. Um, yes. uh-huh. very uh-huh. deep and rich. So I just wanted to start to give you that, like, yes, this is a great topic. People need to tune in. Yeah. So, so the idea of a soul child itself is this idea that says that our Enneagram number, um, so our, our growth number, right. Is, is, um, I mean, of course I I teach it differently. It's right. It's not just growth, this direction, stress, but what is typically called the growth number, that is our soul child number. Meaning we were born with way more, um, capacity to live in that space and more access to that space. But mm-hmm. for some reason, it was sort of not allowed. We had to repress that part of ourselves and and shift more toward our number that we are now. Mm-hmm. So we kind of lo- lose 
as we get older, that soul child in us, it's hidden. It's a very immature part of us because we never developed it because we had to hide it mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. Um, and this, 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 when I heard this theory a few years ago, it, it instantly resonated with me because when I do work with clients and when I've done work with myself, I hear this, this idea from multiple people over and over and over again, that um, their growth actually feels like, like I'm growing and I feel like a different person, but it also feels weirdly familiar at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, um, uh, there's a T.S. Eliot quote, mm-hmm. um, about exploration that really, and when I heard this, it, it really resonated with me. This, I, so I liked this quote even before I heard the soul child, but it fits everything. This, uh, it says, he said, we shall not cease from exploration. And at the end of our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. Because I did, which is just like that, right? I heard that I heard this from clients over and over again, not in this language, of course, right? Because they're not my clients aren't famous poets, <laughs> but but <laughs> this language is beautiful and it's and it's perfect. Yeah. And I hear that from so many people, and I felt that. And so when I heard the soul child theory, it's, it says basically like mm-hmm. growth looks more like subtraction, not addition. You're taking your defenses away and finding parts of yourself that were already there. Yeah. It's not, you're not adding new parts to you. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just, I love that. That's, there's mm-hmm. so much beauty in that. There's so much, it's as, as a therapist or like when I'm doing work with you and, and I'm not giving you something that you don't already have. I don't like own this like healing thing, this part of you that you need to gain. It's already there. It's just covered up from years and years of. So when we do our growth, we're accessing that again, but mm-hmm. it feels new yeah. at the same time. It's very paradoxical, but I just, I really, I stand firm and the truth of that that's how growth feels like and so the soul child theory for me has always really clicked (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that for most people when they're listening um and we'll talk about your type if you're wondering what that looks like for you but I think they're probably also feeling that way like if they know this theory and they're thinking this through with you they're like oh my gosh okay so that number that I spend a lot of time in when I'm healthy that's another part of my personality and no wonder. Mm. And I think that that's so cool because I do believe that personality is more of a spectrum. And so I like how the Enneagram mm. allows us to have a map and allows us to see it. There's a bit of fluidity and overlap. And so today yeah, you're going to take us mm-hmm. through all the types, which is so cool. Um, tell us about briefly why you feel like this resonated for you as a person. I know you identify as an Enneagram nine. What made you feel like, yes, yeah. this worked for me? Mm. So, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll talk more in depth on the nine itself when we get to the nine, but the nine, the soul child is a three, right? That growth space. So there's the inside of like the, the theory says that inside of nines, there is a huge desire to be seen, to be front and center, to important, to do those things. But, but it was kind of shut out. We weren't allowed to, or that, and, and, and I realized, and I think different, different, no matter sort of what cultural context or, or context you grow up in, you'll have a, it'll, the wound will be but it'll still be this sort of like, I have to shove this part of me away for different reasons, given the people, but I had to shove this part away. For, for me, I had, is I think when I look back at it, um, my two brothers and my dad, um, and then I have my mom too. It's just all of us. They're all assertive types, three, seven, and eight. And so I think when I came out with any of my threeness and front and centerness, assertiveness growing up, that was difficult for them, their own sort of personality mm-hmm. patterns, right? Because they, they, to the right, like they're a little more pushing forward and making things happen and, 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 and getting their way and able to do that. And, um, so I think when I would get my way or have a need or a want, like it would be, um, or if I wanted to show off or, or, or 
I don't know if that makes sense. It would be, I think it was uncomfortable for them. And so that's part of what, like, I was like, oh, this is unsafe to do this. I guess I'll shut down. I guess I'm nobody important. And then the message just like gets further and further into me as a nine, as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just, just to also what's helped with this is almost normalizing that taken away. I think a lot of nines can have a lot of shame or judgment around the three space. Like that's arrogant. That's narcissistic. That's bad. That's um, I'd be obsessed with myself if I'm like a three, like nines have a lot of strong language for, for threes, a lot of ways. Um, and it's helped normalize that. Like, it's okay. Like, and I think as a kid, I loved, I loved wearing nice clothes and I used to get really nervous about what other people would think of me. And I wanted to make a good impression and all this stuff. And like, you wouldn't, and, and, and that's that threeness is there in me when I look back and knowing like, you know what, that's there. That's not a bad thing. That's part of me. That's a part of me. That's just kind of didn't get much say and it's kind of immature. And so I get to work on that and I get to know that that's part of me and not just accept that, but maybe even celebrate it Mm. Um, has been a lot of my own work lately, honestly. Mm, I love that. And I love that it takes you out of just the box of your type, but it also fits with using your nine work too, because you are important and you do have a voice. Mm And you're allowed to be seen because you have beautiful gifts Thank too. <laughs> and so that's so cool Thank that you. you're just, and I, there's a lot of nine listeners and there's a lot of nines out there. So I'm really glad we can spend oh, extra cool. time on this one. Good. And I know we'll explain it further, but like, that's a great start because it's about you and why you would share this. You're not just trained in Enneagram, but in all clinical aspects or so many uh, modalities. Yes. So for you to yes. pick uh-huh. this sure. one. Yes, so many. Um, I'm glad for us to be able to uh, let people know that they're not alone. Plus, this is a relationship pod. Keep an eye on thinking mm. this through with us about what is your spouse uh, kind of how do they buy in to when you go to that space? Because that's another place people can work, mm. right? Because, yeah, and it's it's that space. One other thing I wanted to say, like people can romanticize our growth number. Like, oh, I want to be more my growth number. Like, and that's cool. Yes. And it's a very vulnerable space. Yeah. Because the space we've checked out from and got wounded in growing up. And so going to that growth space opens us up to all these wounds that, that our number has kept us from the mm. chance of even feeling. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I think when wow. we go to that growth space with the most important and the most sort of intimate and close relationship our, our, of our life, our spouse, or our partner, like it's going mm. to be extremely vulnerable and you will most likely be very, feel very easily wounded by your partner in those spaces because it's a new vulnerable space for you, whether they're meaning to you or not. Yeah. <laughs> and to just see that and know that and address that, yeah. I think can be really helpful in relationships. Yeah, I do too. And I think you're really like, I think people are like, oh my gosh, because when you guys hear us go through all the mm-hmm. types, yeah, that's a cool filter you just shared because I know I do that to Wes. I'm like, mm, okay. you don't let me go to my five. <laughs> it's like that's not yes, always about yes, him. and that's that's not the reality. And yeah, sometimes it's when sometimes I'm in my it and is, and like when you yeah. when I'm five, it's vulnerable, and that's why I shrink back. Yeah, sometimes exactly. it is. It's a, it's a both end. It's always it's a both a end both in and, relationships. <laughs> yes, and he's working on it, and so am I. He was letting me nerd out in my Jane yep. Austen autobiography yesterday, and he's like, "Come on, let's go." And I'm like, "All right, I'm I'm putting it down," you know. And so, like, but there's that immature guilt of being like a kid caught with porn. Mm, <laughs> reading that's, my Jane that's, Austen, and that's sort of. Uh-huh. That's a very related to that soul child thing. We'll get to that in a minute when we talk about the one soul child of a set. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, let's, <laughs> let's go there. I think people are primed. And then I also shared a little bit before you came on to let them know, um, to dig in a bit to theirs, but now that we're here, oh, um, cool. I do want to ask you if you can, uh, walk us around the Enneagram to each of the types and help them to understand what they might want to look at with their spouse, with themselves to see this part of themselves that may have gotten left behind. 
Yeah. Yes. So first of all, the soul child theory, like it's not as, as scientific. It's not like everything I say has to exist for you as this number, which I don't think is true about anything in the Enneagram, honestly. But I just want to at least say that out loud. I think people can say like, I thought it was this number, but he said something that didn't fit my experience. So I must not be like, no, Yeah. that's, it's just, yeah. it can come out so many different ways. Don't mm-hmm. doubt yourself because of something I've said, <laughs> you know, that's but I don't know. You added that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so going on, we can start at one and just kind of talk about the, the soul child thing. Is that okay? Perfect. I love cool. it. So, and it's connected when I teach it in my course, I connect it to the childhood wound. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and so, so starting with the one, that childhood wound is, is a wound of self-judgment. Mm. So starting with the one and, and then the soul child of the Enneagram one is the seven, right? That's their growth space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so inside this theory says that inside every one is is a desire little kid a little soul child and there there's a desire to play and explore and do one exciting thing to another that was never encouraged in my childhood right yeah. there's um 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 there's a whole sort of common thing that ones like it exists in different contexts but this is how we teach my clients there's like a one as a child it was have to do your homework have to do all the stuff and play but i never got to play because it was constantly constantly doing more things there's always another thing to do there's always another responsible thing to do i can't do this i can't play i can't be irresponsible and so that that enneagram seven in them who wants to play and explore and have a good time and be spontaneous mm-hmm. is is hidden in there and had to hide away from a one so that's a very childlike part of them mm-hmm. um having expressed their uh, sorry suppressed their adventurous side mm-hmm. um and assuming things like that are wrong or maybe even immoral or bad or not helpful Mm-hmm. Um, or irresponsible ones can see a lot of spontaneity as irresponsible and that's the kind of like a rejection of that that soul child self mm-hmm. when ones ones at their i've heard ones a client saying things like i want so badly to rest and not have a to-do list but mm-hmm. i don't know how yeah. so many people i don't think people see that a lot with ones they think they just to the core of them want to always be missing out and doing these things and keeping and i think they get exhausted with that and that's their soul child just kind of screaming out like let us relax let us play because we never got to growing up yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what that kind of hidden soul child one looks like. A lot of and 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 so and when it can get vulnerable, I'm going to bring this up for every everyone because especially this relationship podcast is I want to get practical here. Um, when an enneagram one is letting themselves, like I um, I know an enneagram one who um, she would um, uh, when she would be in a really good mood, she'd clean when she's cleaning the house, she'd turn on music and she'd just kind of dance, which I feel is very just like accessing that seven space. But yeah. when her kids would say. Her kid one time said, that looks weird when you dance like that. Instant shut off. Like, guess I'm never doing that again. I think that's yeah. a great example of that, how he can be wounded. And so our, the partner of a one, when they're so, I think needs to be careful and loving in how they sort of talk. And, and mm-hmm. one will be in a, like we talked, it's a both and thing, right? It's not just mm-hmm. up to the spouse to make sure they're okay. And it's not just mm-hmm. up to the Enneagram one to, right, to be vulnerable, no matter what the safety looks like. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's a vulnerable space for ones to access that childlike energy, that silliness, that adventure, that that spont- spontaneity, maybe even choosing not being responsible. Um, so that's a very, very vulnerable place for them to be. Mm-hmm. And so treating that well and kindly and lovingly and encouraging it. And yeah, like being able to see that in your partner, if your partner's a one, I think. And when they're, when, and just, yeah, it can be a beautiful thing to see a one access that space, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it really can. And it's so beautiful to think of ones doing that because we think of them as always, like you said, so following and towing the line. So getting to see them in that playful space is a joy to even behold, but mm. also it can come off immature. And so you're helping us all to understand, uh, you know, and to, I think be a bit more patient with our spouses when they're there, 
we kind of look clumsy sometimes when we're first putting these moves on. Oh yeah. It's going to be clunk clunky. And, and, and our, when our partner accesses that space, that's going to be new for us too. And we might get triggered too. Yeah, this is a new exactly. part of them that we're seeing. Yeah. And so our humanness is going to want to judge it right away, especially right. as, as yeah, if, if they're a one or, um, and so just knowing, like uh, trying not to judge that, <laughs> you know, like knowing that it's a, yeah, yes. Um, um, yeah. That's helpful. And yeah, I don't know what to say so, about that. I feel like. I... No, that was great because we really got through mm -hmm. one in a good way. And I think ones are trying to pay attention. And yeah. so I think they're trying to say, um, how can I pick that up a little bit? And would you just say, just start being a little bit playful and start allowing it. And when the inner critic comes in, mm. it's your spouse, like, how can we address that? That's a good question. Maybe like letting yourself be. So I would also so start this in small, small, small ways. Be spontaneous. Mm -hmm. Say for a one, be spontaneous in a small way. Not don't like book a trip. Don't go full seven right away. Yes. <laughs> um, but but just in small ways, do something that's that's more uh, spontaneous, something you haven't thought through, something that you might deem irresponsible or not a good use of your time. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a few minutes of doing that. And, and but what's yeah. And it's, it's it, but it's also moving toward that growth space isn't like white knuckling and making yourself do new things. Moving toward the growth space is also a byproduct of doing your own growth work as your number. Does that make sense? I think it's, it's a both and there's yeah. some things that you can do intentionally to move that way. And as the growth stuff works by the growth lines work by, I think when we are best self, it just starts coming out of us. Mm, yeah. I love that. I love that we can take that confidence with us to know this is going to be happening to you anyway. You might already notice as you're listening, like, mm, oh, this yeah. is happening. I'm glad. So that's yes. Or I've felt this in here. I felt this at certain. Yeah. Even, even not even doing something different or spontaneous, but even looking back when you have been spontaneous and see how that's gone. Cause there's probably some wounding around it. A lot of oh maybe for one, never again, something went bad. So that's the last time I'm spontaneous. This is oh. why I don't do this. Yeah. Your sort of personality wanting to come crashing back to how it always was when we changed yeah. too much. Hundred percent. <laughs> I wish I could say more about it, but I can't because yes. we need yes. to move on to two. Yes, yes, All yes, right. Yes. So tell us about the twos. Um, the Enneagram two soul child is the four, and the soul childhood wound has to do with self sacrifice for a two, sort of always having too much asked from you and made responsible for. Uh, soul child of four is this sort of almost this not self-centered, but self-focused. So when I teach four, it's it's self-referencing, but it's not, I don't say that as a moral judgment. Yeah. Our culture tends to moralize other other reference, people who reference other people as better or somehow more like helpful or humble and people who are self-referencing as not. And I don't think that needs to be a moral issue. <laughs> so twos get to be more, there's this self-referencing part of them that wants to, um, and it comes out in kind of like not healthy ways in a lot of <laughs> unhealthy twos. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, the, um, what twos can get from that four space, what they've hidden away is this is this um, creative part of them, this kind of allowing them to access all of their emotions. Um, and and so twos, I love this phrase. I forgot who said this. Somebody was teaching this a while back that twos tend to live on the front of their hearts and fours tend to live in the back of their hearts, Ooh, meaning twos, their emotions are out there for other people, the kind of surface level, quote, easier emotions where the fours live in this deep in the recesses of their heart. The sadness, the harder emotions that are for them, not for other people. And so twos have had to shove away that forness, that deeply feeling. I'm allowed to feel this. 
um, um, create, create creativity for the sake of themselves, not just for others. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that's what a four has, a, a two has sort of hidden away. There's almost like, I can't be that way growing up because then I won't be loved mm. and then people will reject me. And so I can't be this kind of four like knowing what I want, having these emotions, being a big presence. I can't be that as a two because then I don't get my need met of, mm. of, um, being loved and cared for in, in relationship. <laughs> Oh, that's huge because we need attachment and love. And, and we do. We so do. Like I can't go to my withdrawing space if that's not met. And so yep. no wonder yep. they're feeling the like two, that. yeah. That hmm. main defense mechanism of two is repression. So it's I'm gonna repress the parts of me that I deem uh, that I think other people will deem not lovable or not good. Or if I'm gonna be a burden on people, I'll rec- I'll repress these parts of me. And that's that so much of that four space. There's so much of their hmm. um hidden in there. <laughs> Wow. And I can imagine with spouses, because I do this work a lot with the two and the five pairing, but all all the types with the two, sometimes that two feels like I can't go to that four space with the spouse because I'm going to lose my spouse's love. Mm, yeah. Oh, man, that's really it. Fascinating. Yes. That's scary. I remember a few years ago realizing just how like I have a client who's a two who said like, if my partner says I, they love me, I believe it at first. And then a while into the relationship, it gets so hard to believe. It always feels like it's at risk. Mm-hmm. which would be so scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That rejection. <laughs> so scary. Mm-hmm, that fear of rejection. And I'm not loved unless I do this and this. And I can't just, I can't like, as I am right now, good and bad can't be loved. I have to manage who I am and who I present to be loved. And so I can't access that four space. <laughs> but when they do, when they take this small step to four, what do you think they really add that helps them to mm. feel a bit more stable? Um. That's a great question. Um, I had a lot of, of, I get to feel this. <laughs> you would like, I don't know, like an anger maybe in there, like an intensity. Like I get to feel this and you don't get to tell me not to. Yeah. And I get to like twos can like be secretly jealous. I think a lot that everyone else gets to put up their feet and wish I could, but I'm doing all these things and like, but they're also not letting themselves at the same time. Sorry. So it gets confusing, but it's this, this, they access this freedom, I think, to take care of themselves, to set boundaries. Um, and so when, but yeah, so if you're a, a partner of a two and they're doing this and taking care of themselves and setting boundaries and sort of freely expressing what's, what, what they can and not repressing these things, that's such a, um, there's a fear that am I being mean? Are people going to stop loving me? I've, I, I did this meme series a while back of Google search history for each Enneagram number. Yeah. And for the two, my favorite one was how do I set boundaries without feeling mean? Because I've probably heard that from 80% of my Enneagram 2 clients. It's just such a difficult space. Yeah. They're like, I can do that. Fours can be at their worst kind of elitist and I'm better than you. They can come off that way. And so for the twos to access some of that space for themselves and say like, yeah. I'm great. Like I get to do this and I'm I'm not risking my love, my relationships and my connection by accessing myself in the deepest recesses of my heart and being creative and doing what I want. Those kinds of things. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it reminds me of Mary and Martha. And really a Martha. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yes. Go to that Mary space and say, oh my gosh, I'm allowed to rest. And actually funny enough, my four played that part this year in uh, a dance that she was doing. And she was like, that's who a four is anyway. Um, And I think Mm. the day yesterday she sat and did art. And I think that that's uh, something that four space can give to that too. And you're really reminding me of a visual that I can take for our twos. And I hope our twos are listening like, okay, 
you just said they have permission to take care of themselves and in a way they yeah. maybe never have and mm-hmm. how beautiful and balanced they're going to come out versus can they can come off as manipulative and pushy and pushing for love but now they're getting some love of self and i love how you explained yeah. that to us people talk mm. about two is going to their eight space a lot and they rarely talk about this important four space so thank mm. you yeah that's true i also love when twos go to that eight space <laughs> <laughs> It's awesome. <laughs> it really can be because it's like, wow, you just set your boundary. As long as it's not directed as at me, we're fine. You know, <laughs> if I'm adjacent to it when it's happening, it's yeah. great. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Popcorn. <laughs> Otherwise, watch out. Um, and we're both uh, couples helpers. So I know we know all the yeah. different realms Oh, yeah. Of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so hmm. lots of compassion. But let's move oh, on yeah. to threes and see mm-hmm. what um, we feel about the threes when they're in that soul child space. Yeah. Um, so uh, the childhood wound of a three is the rejection of core self, right? This sort of like part of me, they, they sort of lose sight of who they are because I need to be what other people need me to be. Mm. Um, and so um, the, the soul child space for the three is the six. Mm. Um, so what, what, what the three can gain from that six. So, so I guess I can explain there, there's a, there's a um, part of a three that wants to, that, that Enneagram, six soul child space inside every three is this space that says like, I don't want to keep working. (laughs) I want to rest. I don't want to keep, I don't want to hold it all together anymore. Like there's like, I'm driving the bus. I'm driving everybody. There's in threes. There's this, like, there's a sense, this belief that if I'm not the one pushing things forward, it won't happen. Things won't move forward. And so there's this part of them, the six. And then that says like, we can just ride the bus and somebody else can drive because that would be great to let, let myself relax into that yeah. sort of learning that I, I can, there's this part of them, like a very healthy, like there's a, the six in them that, that at their best, mm-hmm. that six, right. Learning how to, I can cope and I'm courageous and I can, and I am powerful and I can affect the world. And mm-hmm. so, but, but the, th- the three can have that, but it's almost from the sense of projecting, like I need to be powerful and confident to feel okay. First with that soul child is I am okay and I can be taken care of and I can just be loyal to somebody. And like, I want to be taken care of and I want to trust somebody. Um, they learn how to yeah cope with things that feel using that sick space, cope with things that feel unstable and calm in ourselves and know that they are capable and they have a support system to lean on when they need. It's also very, that's also a big access um, to the, to the soul child of the three is six is asking for help, <laughs> leaning on my support system, not having to do it on my, by myself. Yeah. That's a big piece is that three. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're really allowing them to see you have true deep courage, not just a shell or a mask of courage. You have this community Mm -hmm. and you can be loyal and you can stay. I think that's one of the most beautiful pieces that they can take. And I love how when we you know, don't box people into their type, but we actually allow this reminder. Maybe like you said, as a child, they did not feel permission to be anything else, but an achiever. Mm -hmm. I know my three sister came on this podcast and said, this is the way I was raised. I had to be the best at everything or there wasn't going to be love. Now that they're an adult, there's a different Mm. option if they're in a stable environment. Yes. Yes. And that three, there's, there's like that soul child six of a, that six soul child of a three that they had to shove away was a lot of anxiety and insecurity and fear growing up. But they, I don't think threes didn't feel like they were allowed to. A lot of times there's a lot of instability, perceived instability from a three. And so no one's going to step up and ease this and take care of it. So I need to, but there is, so they almost like, I'm going to hide away that scared, insecure part of me and just like make it happen myself sort of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good way for threes to process that Mm -hmm. with you 
is this is probably mm. what happened. And now that you're coming out of it, you and your spouse are going to have to titrate. How do you get more stability? How do you get more loyalty? Yeah. And even how do you get taken care of a little bit in that sixth space? Because you're always yes. taking care of everybody. Exactly. How does, how can I like relax and, and believe that things will still keep moving forward? And so in a three, when your partner's, if your partner's a three and they start asking for help or not working as hard, the three is when they stop being so active and working so that they can feel lazy or irresponsible or depressed, or they can get in touch with their sadness. And that's a very vulnerable space for a three to be, mm -hmm. to sort of not at the helm <laughs> of everything. Yeah, it's really hard. And so taking it in these small bites that you said, just do a little yeah. bit at a time, one little step, adjust together as couples, come back for another step. Like, I like that. That's a really good uh, reminder for all of us. Okay. What about the type four when they're in the soul child space? Yeah. So their soul child is a one and that childhood wound is a rejection of identity in the four. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that uh, the Enneagram, um, the one in them is this little, so inside every four is this little like rule following Enneagram one as a kid, right? Sort of like, I want to make sure everyone It's very like oldest child kind of thing that everyone like this stereotype for the oldest child, everyone needs to follow the straight and narrow and they'll be punished if they don't. And there's a right way to do this. Um, um, yeah. So, um, th then, but, but the, a, the sort of rejection of that part of them, of the being wanting to be perfect, like it turns into the four self of I'm not perfect. Something's wrong with me. Yeah. And I need to like find people just don't understand, right? Like there's almost this desire to be perfect and do it right as a kid that that fours have in that one space that they have disconnected from. Like, I, I guess I'm not. And so I'm not perfect and something's wrong with me and I'm broken. And so I can't be that. Um. Yeah. And so, so when a four is healthy, what they can get in touch with when, when they're working toward health and growing, right. And learning to access and um, comfort and be with that Enneagram one space in them. Um, they are able to really like address that feeling of being damaged or rejected mm -hmm. and sort of appreciate their own uniqueness for its positive reasons, not its negative reasons. If that makes sense. I think that can really like, it's, I am good and I'm doing things right. And this is like how I am is okay. And I'm not just a broken outcast, but yeah. like, cause there's a lot of ones at their worst can say like, get over it, just do what needs to be done. doesn't matter what you're feeling. And so like, that's almost too far that direction. Right. But when fours have access to that one and then they're able to move forward and out of, out of feeling stuck and out of the kind of martyrdom space that they can get into at times. Mm. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. And I'm even reminded that we're wanting you to walk to these spaces with health because I think mm, what we don't want yes. is for the four to walk to this space in further self. Oh yeah. If you, if you go to your growth space without like support and security and safety, I think like it can almost rewound you in a lot of ways. Cause you're going right back to where those wounds were held growing up. And your spouse and your family. I know that when our mm. four goes to her one in unhealth, um, I have to start tending to some of the wounds that I perhaps wounded her with from my own one space when I was unhealthy, when she was a toddler wow, and okay. I'm watching mm. her projected onto her nine sister and the whole family and say like, you all should be perfect. Um, and I'm like, uh Oh, like that's not you going to your soul child. Um, I don't use that word, but it's like, sure. I really note. I'm like, okay, there's her unhealthy one coming out. And then I usually stop there to say like, you are so loved 
Um, but you don't mm. have to be perfect and nobody here has to be perfect in order to be loved. So can we do some breath work? Can I help mm. to remind you that, um, cause I can see the self hate when that starts to take over. Wow, I can see that really? it's coming okay. from a deep place. Sure. So I just wanted mm. to kind of point that out to our listeners. Like, um, I think it's a good time to interject to say, like, make sure you try to take the route of health to these places. Cause you could really, you know, notice that it's, yeah, I'm in my five or three or one or whatever, but like you just took the worst way there and that's going to yeah, make everything uh-huh. worse. Yep. Exactly. That's a great way to put that. We sort of, we do it poorly. We kind of drown in that space and hurt ourselves and other people when we haven't practiced it and sort of like strengthen those parts of us. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I'm, I mean, I'm guilty of the same when I mentioned that about my five space. Okay. Now tell us about mm. the type fives themselves and where did they go? Yeah. So the childhood wound of a five is a rejection of intimacy and a closeness. Um, and so then the soul child for a five is an eight. So in, in, inside every Enneagram five is actually a very raging, angry, mm. justice oriented, mm. wanting to stand up for themselves and other eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I, I know this is a fiction story. My, my favorite book of all time is the King, uh, is this the King Killer Chronicles. It, the first story is called The Name of the Wind. It's like a fantasy book. And I'm convinced the main character is a sexual five. Wow. Um, he's just fits it fits so many so many marks very foolish in a lot of ways but he has so much anger inside of him and the very a lot of very eight sounding wounds and it's just really interesting I think I think he writes great characters and so that it fits yeah. so um but yeah so eights growing up were taught that like somewhere along that wanting to bully like to strong reactions and emotions are bad mm-hmm. or or the eights start to learn that that zaps my energy which they always have to keep an eye on so like I can't access that eight space I have to shove that anger and that energy and that boldness mm-hmm. down, like from, from from the five space. So that's kind of how that goes away. They sort of and they and they sort of pull in, check out from that thing that seems like it could cause too much, cost them too much energy, and go into their heads and the quietness of their own mind. And um, there's like a fear around showing and bringing up that eightness for fear of draining themselves. Wow, that's so interesting. And in, in your book that you read, does that character deal with that even? Do they go far enough into that arc to where you get to see them kind of put on their like eight bigness and then come back? Not uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, like, they are like this person. It's 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 the story is somebody telling it's like this fantasy novel. He's telling a story of he's like a famous person in the world and has done all these adventures and he's telling like a story. So he like he's very eight ish in a lot of ways. Um, and, and, and there's not the third book. They've, he's been working on the third book for years and years. So hopefully there's more of that. And it's just people who love that book. And in that community are just used to like being like, so upset that who knows if this book's ever going to be written, but still love it. What's the name again? <laughs> uh, the name of the wind is the first one. It's okay. fantastic. It's it's my, I've read it over and over and over again. It's my favorite fantasy book of all time. <laughs> okay, people are getting a book recommended. Today. We love oh, cool. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, but I hear you that uh, they're fear- fearing this bigness will cost them too much. And also perhaps in childhood and and it is a perhaps, you know, but somewhere yeah, along yes. the route in marriage and childhood, probably a little both. There was a sense of like, this is not the right thing to do. And so you're saying this is actually healthy for you to assert, to put mm. yourself out there for you not to just only stay away from, you said uh, the intimacy, right? Is what the five. Yeah. Uh-huh. Closeness, intimacy. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's a lot of wounds around that. And I've, a lot of fives I've worked with and known personally, like when they're, when they feel very seen or connected to or vulnerable or intimate, they can feel nauseous. Mm. I've, 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 or be very freaked out by that um, and want to kind of withdraw back into their own sort of headspace. 
Yeah. Um, but but when when an eight act what an eight can sorry what a five can access when they're beginning to sort of like work on that eight space is a lot of this desire embracing this desire to be more outwardly strong and bold. Mm. Um, sort of develop ways to recognize their emotions, express them comfortably in front of people, even instead of hiding, just hiding all of it away because there's a fear of emotions that a fives have that fives have. And they're just able to really just be more vibrant and experience and participate in life more directly rather than it kind of just the, this, the, what I think withdrawn types can have a lot of, it's like, everything's kind of moving past me and, and happening without me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, I have a, the really, really good, the lady who we talked about earlier, Caitlin Sunderman, who um, um, taught the polyvagal theory, cause she's a five. Yeah. And in so many ways she can come up as very eight ish cause she's done so much of her own work, just involved with a lot of things um all the time and and like doing really big and new things and um doing retreats and yeah it's it's fantastic it's awesome to see her like I mean, she all she absolutely shrinks back on the five space when life gets too much which i think we all do no matter how we'll never just we never just arrive at our soul child or our growth space i think you know that but i just want to say that out loud we never just like arrive there and we're good it's yeah. always like a thing that we get and hopefully we get access to easier and easier over time yeah. Um, but we are always still slip back into our own selves in our stress space all the time, no matter what we're doing, because we're human. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point that we are going to be on the journey, no matter what, even if you're listening and thinking, I'm going to get it like, OK, you're going to get it. But then you're going to slide around again. And yes. Get it yep. Again. Oh, yep. That's good encouragement because yes. we're all being real. And that's one of our favorite things on this podcast is just let's mm, own it. Perfect. We're all in process. We do not talk about yes. perfect marriages here. Perfect life. No, but let's talk about six and where they go in that soul child space when they're healthy. Yeah. So the sixth, the childhood wound is this rejection of trust. So their own sort of trusting themselves and not feeling trusted and feeling not trusted a lot of times by their parental figure, especially the the father figure. Um, But the the Enneagram, so the inside every six is this little Enneagram nine who just wants to relax and stop thinking for just five seconds. (laughs) And just like be able to say it is what it is and let it go. Like nines can be too good at, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, there's a there's a part of them that just wants to remove themselves from the chaos, even if the chaos is their own mind and their own thoughts, and finally find some peace because it's just chaos in the head of a six so often. Yeah. Um, which is that anxiety and the thinking space and the kind of not knowing you're even thinking and being trapped because I'm thinking and I'm trapped by my own brain that does the thinking and I can't trust that and like around we go and yeah, yeah um, but. Yeah, but as as a, the six is growing up, got a message that relaxing and not worrying and finding peace was possibly lazy or unacceptable. Take a breather, then your whole life will spin out of control and there'll be no one to blame but yourself is the kind of internal and external messages that six can do that sort of, that hides away that nine. Like I can't be that way or things will get worse. Mm-hmm. Spin out of control. So I can't let myself live into that nine space, if that makes sense. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, and when a six can can access that that soul child space and comfort that part of them and and address it and and be with it, and they're able to find peace and, and almost this like because what six is the trap for the six is if I can think of everything that goes wrong, I'll be okay, but that comes from not trusting themselves because I I, I can't handle it if I haven't thought it through. So thinking it through actually creates more anxiety because now I'm thinking of what could go wrong. And then, but, but they're able to find peace and knowing that I will never be able to prep for everything. That's like, a, that will never work with hundred percent certainty, but I can't trust myself to handle whatever comes up. Yeah. And then that's where this rest comes in for a six. Like, I don't need to spin, spin, spin about what could happen when I believe that I can handle what could happen. Yeah, that's cool. They can really come into their virtue of courage 
and really allow themselves to say, I have so many gifts and I'm a good planner, but I don't have to be a perfect planner. I don't have to have yes. it all figured out. And I think in marriage, it's often uh, spouses of six thing, as you know, you know, I have to figure it out for you too. Um, and so there's a mm. sense of like control that comes over the spouse. And so it's really helpful for you to say yes. to people like letting go and doing this nine space work really helps your whole family to yes. yep. and stabilize. Yeah. Cause a lot, a lot of people around and close to sixes adjacent to sixes in life feel like the six doesn't trust them to do anything. When in reality, it's the six not trusting themselves or anybody to do anything. It's a projection of that. And so when a six is able to lean into that nine space and rest, then they're no longer sort of inadvertently sending these messages to other people closer to them that I don't think you can handle this. Like almost like we all, re the six is rejected. Is, is, is people around a six are not feeling like they are trusted when a six can't trust themselves, which is the truth for every number, unfortunately, right? We can unconsciously project our childhood wound onto other people if we're not careful. That's a really good point. You guys listen to that because that's huge. <laughs> that sometimes we do that in marriage where we're like, this is about you oh. and it's just not, it's our stuff. Um, so not, probably not sometimes, probably like all the time in marriage, I would think, right. That's <laughs> such a vulnerable part of us and our partner is such an easy place for us to project those things that we can't see in ourselves. So <laughs> true. And it's so helpful and humbling to hear you guys mm. just now process that with us here. Like this is our work to do. But it's also empowering to say, like, what little yes. shifts could a six make to go to that nine space? And would you recommend that they uh, try to get in touch with restfulness? Just like you said, fives are going to have to work through their nausea and kind of little by mm. little deal with that. What can sixes do to kind of gently yeah. come toward the nine? So what's going to happen for a six most likely is when when a six is it starts like uh, like slowing down their thoughts and like, you know what? I can just be present. And like, so nines are so good. Yeah, it is what it is. It'll be fine. Almost too much. But when a six is able to start doing that and stop, it will feel, um, it, a lot of times it will feel irresponsible for a six to not think things through, right? It's like your anxiety is this alluring, like mm -hmm. I have to think this through. Otherwise I'm being irresponsible because I'm letting bad things happen. Yeah. Does that make like that? That is this, this like wall that is so hard for six to get past it. Cause, because if I want to get out of my thoughts, stop thinking about it, what could come back is, and now you're not thinking about it. Now bad things are going to happen. So this is irresponsible. And so just, I think being aware of that and knowing that this, this belief, this thought that comes up, that springs up of this is irresponsible might not be true. Yeah. <laughs> That's that very, very likely is your anxiety trying to get you to, keep feeling anxious because it thinks you need to be protected. It's not actual wisdom. It's actually arguably more responsible to let that thing down and know. And, and yeah, cause then you get to learn that things can be okay when I don't spin about it. You get to have these experiences of trusting yourself, which builds to being able to trust yourself more. Mm -hmm. That is so cool and key. And even to the spouses of six, the little pieces we can do as spouses, try to help empower your six so that they can really yeah. with you and not just like your child and you're the parent because the six feels like they can't. Sure. Um, I think sixes, we know contrarians can go either way where they're like, yes, I have to have all absolutely. the control or I'm going to release all the control. But instead to just yes. be like, I think we've got this together and mm. we've planned enough. Let's go have some fun Um, can be a neat way for the spouse to um, like bring else. I'll, I'll use the word bring instead of. Yeah. But like the six also taking the deep breath to respond like, yes, I'm going to lean into that. So thank you for yeah. permission for fun.
Yeah, I, I I almost have this image as you're talking and I'm talking almost this image of like the partner of a six. I said the, the six sitting there and their partner like, hey, let's go do something fun. Almost like gently putting their arm around them, knowing that they are going to keep looking back. Yeah. But what about this? But what about this? And saying like, hey, like, let's come back. Like, yeah. yes, that is scary. And that's let's talk about it later. Just knowing that and allowing that rather than because yeah. what can shut sixes down quick is, oh, stop worrying about so many things so many times. I'm like, oh, OK, wow. cool. Yeah. Like that just doesn't help. It doesn't work. And so being with a six and almost like you're six and like bringing them back to the present and, and, and pointing out that they can trust themselves. I think when they're in that vulnerable space um, of the nine of, of trusting that things will be okay, I think it can be really helpful. Yeah. And maybe a little less self-projection in that way of like, um, you know how nines are like, I'm not that important and we want nines to feel important, but six is to go. It's okay. It's going to work out. You're still important, but you don't yeah. have to be so hypervigilant. Take a breath. And uh, Michael's polyvagal course, helpful for yes. helping you <laughs> yeah, that rest yeah, and yeah. digest state. Uh-huh. Um, mm. But yeah, just putting on even some breaths. I mean, we could talk all day about six here, but let's move oh, yeah. on to seven because yes. I don't want to avoid my own time. <laughs> let's see my <laughs> I won't let you. avoid it. <laughs> Um, so that seven, the childhood wound is the absence of nurturing. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of, I need to nurture myself and do all these things. Um, and so the soul child of a seven is a five. So inside every seven, um, there's this little almost reclusive Enneagram five, yeah. <laughs> um, that they sort of, a lot of sevens that grow up like, well, like taught or believe that you are not allowed to be a loner that's boring you can't be boring being boring is a choice is what i've heard a lot of sevens say (laughs) only boring people get bored or something like there's a lot of um so sevens felt pushed to try new things to embrace life with positivity even if they didn't feel like it at times um because this sort of i i can't this part of me that wants to just be a recluse and pull in and not go 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 and not be overly positive like that part wasn't appreciated that was that was the part that was tamped down yeah. Um, and the, and their happy go lucky attitudes were encouraged. Mm. Right. Yeah. Especially um, and so, school. oh my gosh, school was like, you're a mm, total nerd. I got in trouble from even teachers for being a nerd. Um, so I had to become popular, <laughs> it was so stupid, <laughs> but that's how it went. Wow, you were like, you're okay. reading too fast. Mm. You're, you're in the nerd you know, gifted program, like, ew. And so um, I do feel that that can happen sometimes in school because my parents sort of supported it. um, And then the school was where it was rejected. So it was really interesting to hear you say Mm. that. Um, I just, I love that you said that about the sort of nerd thing, because there's a big part of the seven going to five that like, they can sort of value their own intellect and be proud of their own intellect. Because a lot of times sevens kind of discourage that part of themselves. And, and there's a lot of, if I, if I focus on my intellect and slow down, then I will miss out on life. Yeah. It's like when that seven comes in, right? The seven wants them to keep going, the fear. And so they can't. So I like to describe like a, a seven is a, is a, is a very wide, shallow well, whereas a five is a very deep, narrow well, mm-hmm. or a f- seven is a shallow, wide pond, yeah. whereas a five is a deep. And so sevens, if, if accessing that five space and slowing down can feel scary to them. Cause like, what if I miss out, they get that FOMO and what if I get boring and what if I'm not, things aren't as exciting. Yeah. Um, and so it's scary to access that, that part of them, even though there is a part that part of them that's needed, that part of them is needed to be an integrated, well-rounded person. Yeah. You can't exist as just a seven without that five space to slow you down at times. Sometimes it just forces it to happen uncomfortably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, and, or like me, you can go there too much and want to stay there if it's immature. Mm, um, and okay. I've been immature for so many years, but I just still love it. And I think part of that is because as a mom, and I know we have a lot of overlays, there's a lot of guilt with going to the five space because I'm going to have FOMO about something my kid yeah. needs. 
Wow. So, so it's like, not just oh, about you anymore. It's I'm I'm yeah. I'm taking away from my kids if I'm yeah, slowing down. Kind of. Wow. Kids, that's all scary. In these, my nine doesn't feel heard. My six needs to be uh, calm. Okay. My four mm. needs to not be rejecting. And then I've got a type one social hubby who really gets anxious about being still. There needs to be a lot of grace for me mm. to just almost like set a time frame is what I t- try to do. Like I need a little time in my five today. And, I, and my family knows Enneagram speaks, so they get mm. that. Okay. If I say Love like that. I need 30 minutes there. I need an hour once you can go there, you can get stuck there. And so Mm, then I think it's okay for your family to say, it's time for you to come out of there because you're going to stay there for several hours if I don't come get you. And so we do have Mm. to kind of balance. (laughs) Yeah. And I think there's so much of that's fear-based, right? Like I'll go in there and I don't want to get out or I I, want to get out. I don't want to go so much. It's fear-based for the seven without realizing it. And I think that there's a lot of when sevens can access that five soul child, there's a lot of confidence that the world will still be there once I'm finished being still. Right. Like it's okay to go to the space and it doesn't have to, it's not as, as, as a, I have to be out of the space or I have to be in this space. It's, I get to whenever I want to, whenever I need it, because it's less scary mm, to, to access that space. Really powerful for seven mm. years. Thank you. Because that is a yeah. different space, even than the one I referenced, which was me taking all the um, mm. juice that the fives like the information. But when a seven actually closes their eyes for rest, that is something we talk a lot about in this podcast is micro naps and small doses of rest. Um, so thank okay, you sure. for yes. reminding us how scary that is for sevens because that closing of the eyes and letting go of the fear scary. is very hard for sevens. Yeah. Yep. I bet it is. So <laughs> yes. thank you. Um, okay. Yeah. Tell us about eights and how they look when they go to the soul child. Yeah. So the eights childhood wound rejection of trust, uh, sorry, rejection of childhood. Mm-hmm. So it's like rejection of my innocence of my childhood. Um, um, and so eights, the soul child is two, right? So inside eights, there is a kind of Enneagram eights are going to hate this language, but this soft, lonely and needy little Enneagram too. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's eights believed or were taught or experienced this message of like, it's not okay to be that way. I can't be soft. I can't be needy because then I, uh, people have to rely, I have to rely on other people and then they can tr- control me and use me. And there's all this, hits the betrayal fear and their guard goes up. And so, um, yeah, the, 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 there's, I love describing eights as like a cactus with like a soft, gooey marshmallow tender inside. Um, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah. that two in them is this soft, like warm part of them. But, but the eight almost when they reject that, they believe I, I need to be strong to protect that. It's too soft, right? Like I see people who are soft getting wounded and I can't let that happen. So I can't be soft. I have to be hard. I have to be strong. So they lose touch with that gentle kind of soft, needy, even that's not a bad word, yeah. needy because you're a human, yeah. <laughs> and, but they sort of reject those parts of themselves. Mm-hmm. And so when an eight is able to access that soul child and improve their relationship with it and integrate it, mm-hmm. they're able to let down their guard, let other people in and relax, knowing that people can love and take care of them at times. And um, I, I had that eight in my course once who said, she said, if I'm the biggest person in the room, just metaphorically, right? Not physically. She said, if I'm not the biggest person in the room, I can't let my guard down. And she was an eight. It's like, there needs to be somebody who is stronger than me because I don't trust that with, with when you access your soul child, you don't need that. You you're able to, cause it's not like a, cause for her, it's, I need somebody bigger than me so I can finally relax, but still feel secure and safe. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? And so to be able to just access that space, even if other people aren't holding it down is like, very difficult for Nate. Yeah. So what can they do when they want to access that too, but they don't feel like anyone in the room could support them in a catastrophe? That's a fantastic question. (laughs) (laughs) I I wish I knew an easy answer for that. (laughs) Different Um, for everybody. (laughs) um, Yeah. It's a a, a hard question for eights. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. That's a really great, great yeah. question. Cause AIDS can just be so incredibly like stubborn and, and rejecting and even denying that space even exists in them. A lot of times that yeah. two space, yeah. I think it can feel embarrassing or humiliating for them to know that other people know. So I think maybe even like sharing somebody who feels very, very safe for you, who can hold it, mm-hmm. even sharing the fears of not of needing to hold everything and needing to that soft part of themselves. I don't know. I don't know exactly. Honestly, I don't feel like I don't have as good an answer for that as the other ones for some reason. Well, um, I, mean, I get that. And eights can even call in or write into us on DMs because it's very cool to mm, hear from them what works. Yeah. I don't mind that at all. You're just being real. But I mean, even yeah. accessing a friend with heart space, I know friends with being like a two, oh, sure. two, three or four, they had helped me to see how to get some of this. And I'm wondering if like them actually spending time with like a four who says like, I'm allowed to withdraw. That mm. might be interesting. Sure. Yeah. And I also think, I also think addressing the childhood wound that eights have of, there was a point where I had to be the adult and mm. take care of myself and other people. And I haven't looked back Ooh, Yeah. Okay. for an eight to address that. I think is probably the most healing thing they can do. It's not simple, but to address that part of them, that has to, had to put armor on and be an adult very early on that rejection of childhood. Mm. I think to address that is will most likely be the most important thing for an eight to do in this, this arena. <laughs> yeah. And even just to talk about it, isn't always easy for an eight. So just to talk about it, oh, yeah. get some insight, share it with your spouse, let your spouse in, trust them a little bit, just this much, you know, I'm, uh, if you're not watching, you know, just tiny bit, because I think that it has to be little by little. And that was why you mm. were kind of stuck is because it has to be very, very tiny steps for an yes. eight. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. So. And eights are one, eights don't want to take tiny steps, which just creates a whole nother yeah. trap, right? It's like eights want to go all, all or nothing. I don't want a little bit of yeah. something. I want all of it. And yeah. so even doing self-work is difficult yeah. in that, like it's that trap, right? Like yeah. Going, doing everything, doing all of it just keeps me more stuck in my eightness. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. So guys, this is like little by little. So do your body work if you need that uh, ability to like digest some of the anger that might mm. accompany this or uh, some of the discomfort, but we're believing with you and in you that you can access the softer part of you. And we both know eights, thankfully that have kind of walked this, but we're not inside of you. So tell us if there's more and then tell yeah. us about the nines, Michael, you know, this mm. type so well, this is your type. Yes, I do. I do. So the childhood wound of a nine is a rejection of their own voice. Um, and then the, the soul child is the three who like, right. Who that part, like who can use their voice almost easier than anybody else. Um, so that, that, that I'm not good enough and the self-doubt feelings that come up in a nine are, are come from this childhood of wanting to be recognized and validated for the things that they're good at, but it not happening, mm-hmm. right. Just almost just like a little three. So in a nine is a little three who wants to be validated and seen and appreciated and celebrated, um, and so, and so that, that, that's, that's a part of them that they, they, that's too painful. They've had to shut it off over their life with a, I don't care. It is what it is. It's fine. I'm not that important anyways. Cause to, for, for, because to, to even access that three and say, wait, I have something to say and I'm going to try is very scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, okay. and, and, and yeah, the, the childhood of a nine that they had to reject that big mm-hmm. confident take up space voice because there's like this, I can't take up space. I can't state strong opinions. I can't be too aggressive. Like I have to sort of, because like for me, my dad, so personally for me, my dad was very, very angry in a lot of big ways. And he was a seven, not very healthy and could kind of throw a fit if he didn't get what he wanted. And so I learned, I don't like dealing with that. So I just won't ask for what I want. So I don't have to deal with a fit anymore. Kind, kind of is kind of how it happened. And, and, and one of the specific ways for me. And so that three is like, so it's, it feels for me to take up space and actually state my opinions, 
literally feels dysregulating and scary to my nervous system. Well, everybody will be when you go to this growth space, but because it's like my body's coded in this, like, well, you are, you will be in danger of angry and yelled and disconnection. You can yell at disconnection if you say an opinion. So it's unsafe to like my body starts to get hot and flushed when I can like really, really come up, come up, like speak and, and say my opinions and be confident. Like, like my body starts to react. It's, it's wild. I love teaching, mm-hmm. but when I do, when I teach and people are there to listen to me on my back sweats almost the whole time, because oh <laughs> I think there's so much rejection of that in me growing up for so long. My body just was going to take a while to catch up. Wow. Honestly, you're such a like nine. And this is part of your uh, meditation in Costa Rica. Like you take people through the triads and like you explaining this as a body type that your temperature mm-hmm. will go up and down. And Ugh. before we got on, your temperature was shifting. Yes, yes, so yes, it's yes. So funny. Like you are really like, hey, I'm in this work <laughs> when I do this. And I love how you're letting people know you got to be all in um, little mm. by little. But like, you know, it, you're welcoming us into like try this on and see because you're saying for nines, expect especially here, you know, you're losing too much if you don't do this, like you're losing yourself. And that's very yeah. nice Yes, to see this amazing, when, powerful person mm-hmm. that you're to actually be. But I find a lot of jealousy with nines. Um, I find that that's why they shut down a lot too, is people mm-hmm. see all these gifts in a nine. Having watched one grow up, I'm like, oh my God. Wait, you feel so jealous? Say that you, you feel jealous of nines. I've watched this Mm. of my nine daughter growing up with all these nines have this body type energy, so much love, Mm. so much peace, um, often very multi-talented. And I'm watching that people are uncomfortable with that. And so I'm like, also, Mm. I'm taking the ownership that some of it is me having my type seven temper tantrums. Don't think I didn't catch that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, sure. (laughs) No, trust me. This podcast (laughs) that knows this. I'm not like saying I'm super healthy, Um, but like I try really hard on the other hand. Mm-hmm. to kind of like notice like here's what I do but here's what I'm like whoa like even the college lost her scores like everybody forgets this child and so I'm just mm. saying um okay. I'm mm. watching it happen and I am validating that there might be multiple reasons but what we're getting at is you're saying they somehow lost their voice um from parents from siblings from mm. uh this sense of cells too it comes from this sort of their own wounds and stuff for sure but it's I don't think it's anybody else's fault it's it's an everybody thing, but yes, I hear, I hear, totally hear what you're saying. I think this, 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 like for, for me as, as a nine, when, when, so when a nine, me or any nine can access that three space, um, there's this sort of this recognition, recognition of our own inner drive. And like, I can be unstoppable, unstoppable and I can do something like, like my retreat, yeah. like my, yeah. like the retreat that I'm doing in October, I really believe that I will change people's lives in this retreat. Yeah. And I, 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 and I convinced that I would not have been able to say that had I not sort of like worked on myself for a long time and access some of this. I think that's me accessing that three space that's saying I am important and what I have to say and what I've learned can really affect people in great ways. And that's terrifying for me. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. if it doesn't? What if it affects them poorly? What if they blame me later? Those are all those <laughs> nine things that want to keep me back from right. using my voice. <laughs> yeah. But instead you're trying to embrace the both end of it. Like I'm both going to be amazing because I'm gifted in this. And I mean, you have so many followers and people who <laughs> uh, look up to you across the world. And I know you're going to do awesome at it. I've seen your other trainings. You're amazing at that. But, and in here Thanks. you've been amazing, but like 
I also hear just, you know, if there's any sort of conflict and I might be like, uh oh, I can't do it. And and we're just yes. both reminding you, you can, there's going to be the haters, but mm-hmm. you can, and you can fail forward sometimes because nothing is perfect. Um, mm. So what can a nine say to their inner voice? If there's this little, like say an outer judge does forget them or an outer judge does get jealous or say you suck. Like what can a nine do? Yeah. To wow. I think one thing that I think is helpful for nines is you being awesome does not mean other people aren't. It's not a slice of pie that if you take a piece, other people have less. That's not how it works. But I think nines can get stuck in that because nines like, if I think I'm great and awesome, like that means that takes away from other people, but it's not actually. So kind. Nines, Yeah, and I think if a nine thinks they're being arrogant or angry or unfair, (laughs) the odds of that being true are actually probably really low. (laughs) I I was talking to, I've talked to, I have a friend of mine who told me, his name is Julius, he's Enneagram One. He's a fantastic human being. He said the other day I I talked about, I was like, hey, I want to put this thing on Instagram and it it feels really arrogant and Mm -hmm. self-centered. And he was like, hey, I just want to tell you right now that if, I say this nines, if you think what you're doing is arrogant and self-centered, I can almost guarantee you that it's normal for other people. Yeah. (laughs) Because nines have such a filter of I'm not important. And so when like- Uh, several years ago when I was fo- almost finally fully licensed as a therapist, I had a friend say like, oh, that's congratulations. Like you've done so much. Like, how are you going to celebrate? And I said, I'm probably not going to sell. It's probably not that big of a deal. Aww. And he was like, you have spent so much money and over 2000 hours post-graduation and two years of grad school. It's like, you deserve this. You've earned it. Good. And awesome. I had this, uh, and I had this moment of like, you know what I do. And then, and then in- I said that out loud and instantly flushed with shame. Of like, that was so arrogant. Yes. And then, but I was able to like note that and like, wait a second, like, oh, that was, and I was able to hold both at once. Like I'm uncomfortable with this because it's new. And I really believe that it was a really cool experience. I'm so glad you (laughs) held the both and. Yes, me too. Me too. Like you said, most types don't think that way, but my nine had buyer's remorse the other day when she bought herself a pair of Converse after saving a thousand dollars. I'm like, you're allowed to buy yourself. (laughs) She goes, I always have buyer's remorse. And so I'm understanding it now with what you said. Man, I I just, I've been driving this car for years. That was a few thousand dollars and it's a piece of garbage and it's in the shop right now. And I might have to spend even more money. And and I'm thinking about maybe just getting a new car finally. And I was just talking to my mom about it because she's great financial stuff. And I told her in the conversation I had with her just two days ago, I said several times, please tell me that this isn't a financially irresponsible decision. (laughs) She's like, no, it's not. This is actually probably more responsible than pouring money into an old one. Like do it. But I asked at least three or four times during that conversation because it felt irresponsible. Bad. And that just really allows people to see you. Thank you for being vulnerable. I think we Mm -hmm. were vulnerable today to let people know, like we're in the work with you, but thank you for letting nines hear that. Cause like I said, there's so many nines out there and they're just needing to hear you're not alone, but pushing through. And like your mom is a good support. And I am to my Mm. daughter to be like, let's be responsible with it. We're not like, yeah, do whatever you want. Don't consider anything. It's like be around people yeah, yes, who yes, love yes. you, who care about you, who mm. have your best interests because you're like you yeah. said, so rooted in not, but also just that movement to three really gives them that confidence. So I love that you yes, guys do that uh-huh, move uh-huh. together. Oh, yeah. thank you. This has been so helpful this for was all great. the types. Thank you. Good. Just such a gift to us. Um, You guys make sure you check out everything with Michael because whether you're in person or taking his online courses or following him on Instagram, you can see what a wealth of information you are. Thank you so much, Michael. Where can they catch up with you in general? Yes, too? you're so welcome. Um, uh, Instagram, 
Okay, Michael Shan therapy, Michael Shan underscore therapy, but I'm actually working on like a, a regular email thing, like a weekly email update that I want to do that. I'm just kind of um, applying what I learned, giving new little, like, I don't know. Yeah. Just, just um, um, wanting to sh let people into my life a little bit more. Here's what I'm learning. Here's some wisdom that I've gained. Here's a little Enneagram tidbit. And I kind of want to do that weekly. So like, that's something I'm going to do uh, here very soon, hopefully. Right. And so but my website, michaelshane.com, my Instagram, michaelshane underscore therapy. That's kind of where I'm active and all my stuff is always updated the most. Okay. Thank you. We want to hear your voice. So this is good stuff. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for staying tuned. You made it through a big episode. Take a nice deep breath. Allow yourself to think on, okay, what's something I'm bringing forward? What is something that I may have missed out on or my spouse has missed out on? What can we give each other grace about that we may have been holding against one another or holding a little too seriously or hard against them? And what's the work we can be doing to, uh, to bring that balance? I know for me, I'm going to go have a little time. I've had a very busy day of sessions and also trying to be so present for my kids in between. So I'm going to be taking some time in between the meetings to just have 15 minutes of rest. And that's going to be a beautiful five space. And then I'm going to be with my family most of today. So there's a little bit of a, a place for me to do that growth work with you guys. And I want you to know sometimes it looks like that and it might not look like two hours for that space, but uh, sometimes we don't need that full two hours or five hours. We just need a little touch. So bring in little touches, little growth pieces, and I hope you have such a wonderful day and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Make sure you check out the show notes too. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramandMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.